0: movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 29. There's a lot of great, kind of late in the week news for us to discover, which I'm super excited about. Honestly, Josh, um, up until maybe two days ago, I was kind of worried that we wouldn't have enough to talk about, but some major stuff has happened in the past day or two that I'm so excited yeah. to talk about. Plus, I'm looking forward to our discussion tonight. But first of all, how are you doing? I'm all
1: right, man. Um, it's been a it's been a week so far, and but uh, I've gotten some some pretty cool news as far as like my wrestling stuff, and I just keep that keeps trucking along, and I'm just kind of uh, you know moving
0: and grooving, baby. How, would you, how about yourself? Uh, kind of tired today. Was very much a go 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 type of day at work, but um, best day of the week, best time of the week is always doing the podcast with you, so let's get into it, man. So, like I said, I didn't know if there was going to be enough news topics. Thankfully, the past couple days have showered us with goodness, and there was nothing better than the news that came out today, the new Lion King trailer. Oh, my goodness. The feels, man.
1: It's, okay, look, here's the thing. I knew, like, we, we all had the feeling that this could be pretty good. And you know, the teaser wasn't bad. So it was like, all right, cool. But then they had to go ahead, they had to go ahead and give us a full trailer. And and, and now like
0: I, I don't know if this movie can be bad. <laughs> Honestly, this trailer this trailer looked almost like a shot for shot remake of the original. And I'm not complaining in the slightest at all. Like, some shots are blatantly from the original of, like, um, Simba looking up over the rock to see the um, insect that quickly spreads its wings before he attacks. Um, Or just little shots here and there. But they're so gorgeous. The CGI for this is incredible. But to me, the standout thing about this trailer, besides the visuals more than anything else... Um, at more or less the halfway point when the fantastic Hans Zimmer score comes in, you're just like, oh, this is Lion King. Yep. It's
1: there's the, there's literally no way this, this, this movie could be bad now.
0: Like in my eyes. And you've just jinxed it.
1: Nah, I haven't. Cause we
0: both know. I don't but jinx movies. <laughs> the visuals look incredible. Like, yeah. There's a couple times in this trailer that I genuinely forgot that this was CGI and it just looked like a Nat Geo or a Discovery Channel documentary. Indeed. It's incredible, man. Are there any moments from the trailer in particular that stood out to you? Um
1: Simba on Pride Rock when he finally lets out his roar.
0: Um, That's good.
1: Uh the actual transition growing up, scene, the three-shot scene of them dancing across the log and of him growing up. Oh, that got me right in the feels, man. Oh, shot for shot from the original. So ready, and weirdly enough, um, oh my gosh, Raviki. Yes, Um, and seeing and seeing him interact with the world a little bit, and seeing him, I loved the the way that they they kind of changed it with him painting around Simba as opposed to putting the little mark on Simba. Oh yeah. I don't know what... Like, just Rafiki looks awesome. I'm so ready.
0: Oh, yeah. And he's voiced by a perfect guy. I think he's voiced by uh, T'Challa's father from Black Panther. Oh, so perfect. There's a lot of people that are on the fence about this. But for me personally, I love the look of Scar. Oh, yeah. Some people are like, I can't tell the difference between Scar and Mufasa. I'm like, are you serious? Mufasa looks like a healthy lion. This guy... Looks like he's got lost his mane, he's got that scar. he looks like a scavenger because he looks really scrawny and thin, which would make sense if he's some kind of outcast. yeah, but I think one of my favorite scenes in the whole trailer is when uh, Simba and Nala are being confronted by the hyenas and scar, and his ear does that little twitch thing. Mm. it reminded me of um in Jungle Book, Shere Khan. Yeah.
1: Oh, dude. And just like and, – and that's why I kind of have more faith in this than I did Aladdin because they did Jungle Book and it was incredible. So like I, I, the, even if they do a shot-for-shot remake, which so far looks like what they're doing,
0: I ain't complaining, man. Yeah. Jungle Book – I liked but didn't love the original. Like, it was a movie I watched as a kid, but I loved the new Jungle Book. So if you could take a movie that I genuinely did love and is one of my favorite Disney movies of all time and do the same type of magic, this could be something truly special, and I cannot wait. Oh, absolutely. Plus, it was nice to hear James Earl Jones' voice again with some new dialogue, actually. Yep. He had that. It's line, a, had that good line about um, some take, but a ruler gives something along those yes. lines. It's like, oh that's the yes, that's just the great. message you need.
1: And it was just
0: imprint, and that's
1: that's why I'm not worried that it's going to be a shot for shot. They're going to add some little tidbits that you're everyone's going to go, oh yes,
0: yeah. And oh, uh, it just—it just seems so great. I'm really looking forward to the scene where Simba talks to his ghost dad in the clouds. Mm. That's gonna—that's mm-hmm. mm, gonna be right in the feels. That—that that scene always gets me more than the actual Mufasa death. Yeah, because it's like this is what you were born to do. Um, I think it's interesting. I haven't really seen a lot of people catch on to this, but the first lines of dialogue in the trailer from Scar are more or less, if I remember correctly, it's been a while since Lion King, but if I remember correctly, they the first actual lines of dialogue in the movie.
1: Maybe. It's been because a while since I've Lion seen King Lion King. Lion King opens
0: with the whole coronation of Simba at the very beginning when he's first born, and then we cut to Scar playing with his food, with that mouse or whatever, and he's like, life yeah. isn't fair, isn't it? And he's playing with, the, with his food before he eats it, and then Mufasa shows up, and it's just like, why weren't you at the ceremony? So if I remember correctly, the first actual lines of the dialogue are the lines that you hear in that trailer.
1: Yeah, Uh, and again, it's been a while since I've seen it, so uh, I would—I'm the wrong person to ask
0: that question. Um, (laughs) But Hans Zimmer's coming back for the music. I cannot wait. And then at the end, when they have Timon and Pumbaa singing "Lion Sleeps Tonight," I was like, (laughs) "Oh, oh, it's so perfect." It's Seth Rogen and who's uh, Billy and, Eichner?
1: Yeah, like you can even tell.
0: Yeah, they seem perfect. Like the voice cast for this is right mm-hmm. on, is just spot on. John Oliver, Zazu, apparently they showed a clip of what was going on at some convention recently, and his voice was like spot on, was perfect for Zazu, which I have no doubt about. We got a little bit of Zazu in the trailer. I'm just ready for this, man. Like, I'm excited for Endgame. But then Lion King is a very close second, man. Oh, same. Now, our next topic, also in the realm of Disney, I am also excited for, and I feel like we've pitched this before, and that is on Disney+, Plus, their streaming service that they're launching at the end of the year, we are getting a Hawkeye TV series starring Jeremy Renner. I'm actually really down for this. It's...
1: To me, like, I am down, but it's going to depend on the timeline.
0: Yes. Uh, And it all depends on Endgame, if it's set Mm -hmm. before or after. Absolutely. Um,
1: Now,
0: in regards to Endgame, I heard a really great fan theory today that I kind of want to throw in there, and that is the six stones will end up in the hands of each of the six OG original Avengers, with each being correlated to something else. Captain America, a man out of time, will get the time stone. Um, Iron Man will get the mind stone. Hulk will get the power stone. Thor will get the space stone. And it was like this really interesting theory that will end like Guardians with each of them holding a stone for what they represent. I'm like, that. That makes too much sense. That'd be really cool. And it'd be a good way to to split everything up. And that brings me back to Hawkeye. He would have the soul stone because he has the most – part of the people that we know because of the loss of his family, which would be interesting for this TV series. If we, if it's before or after he loses his family in the snapening. Yeah. Well, and so again,
1: that's the, that's going to be the key is, is this, cause if it's after end game, that that's Renner as Ronan, as far as I'm, I'm concerned as opposed to him as Hawkeye. So if, to me, if you're going to say we're making a Hawkeye show, That's probably going to take place before even Avengers.
0: Yes. Now, the rumors are, this is not confirmed yet at this time, um, but the show apparently will be more or less him passing the torch to his daughter. Okay. Like we see a little bit in the Endgame trailer. Okay. But see, then, I feel like that kind of gives some stuff away. Not necessarily this is just a rumor still at this point. Fair enough. But I, I'd i be down for a Hawkeye if and only if that means we get the traditional Hawkeye armor and costume at least once, please. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's the
1: first costume that um the FBI or whoever he works for gives him. And he's like, what is this? Like, no, nope, that's what you got. That's what that's, uh, that's
0: what you're doing now. Or at least something that's got a little more purple in it. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so apparently this is not the only show that's been announced to be coming to Disney+. Plus. There's a slew of others. But one that was also announced this week was a Monsters, Inc. show. And this one I am more excited for than Hawkeye just because of when this will be set. So apparently this show, which will see, um, the original cast return of, um, John Goodman, Billy Crystal will be returning as Mike and Sully, but then you'll also have, um, what's-her-name, returning as Mike's girlfriend. She's coming back. The show apparently will be set six months after the original Monsters, Inc., with Sully in charge of Monsters, Inc., and using laughter to power the factory.
1: Okay, cool. You mean the sequel that we should have gotten?
0: Yes. (laughs) I was not a fan of Monsters University, and... I have thought about this a lot over the years. There's one tweak that I would have done to Monsters University that would have changed the whole thing and made it better. Oh? Do tell. You still have the same story and you still have the same narrative of Mike and Sully going to school, except this time it's a flashback that they are telling Boo. Like a grown-up Boo? Yes, who's going to college. Yes, it kind of feels a little too similar to Toy Story 3 of Andy going to college, but you have Mike and Sully coming to Boo before she used to go to college. And throughout the movie, you can have Mike and Sully interrupt, go, no, 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 that's not how it happened. This is how it happened. And kind of yeah. more bring in the original timeline to this story. Yeah, okay, I can see that. You yeah, still that of keep that the narrative, just... but bring it back a little bit more. Because I liked but didn't love Monsters University, really. It was nice to see the characters back, but the story for me fell flat. Yeah, I, and I I get that. I uh, I enjoyed bits and pieces of it. So, eh. that being said, I am more excited for this TV show because I like the concept that this brings of not scaring people, but more or less playing up the comedy. Maybe now, follow, go with me on this. Maybe Monsters Inc isn't the only supplier of energy, and they have a rival company still going in the old ways of scaring people, and that's a compete scares versus laughter.
1: Interesting.
0: And maybe okay. Randall goes to the rival company. Hmm. Cobra Kai okay. style. Okay, I can see that. That, that might work. Because I have a hard time believing one factory provides power for all of Monstropolis. Unless, like, that's legitimately the only city. In which case, what do you do once kids stop laughing? Yeah. I, I think mean, there's just... a lot of interesting routes that you can go with this story. I'm just super jazzed to hear that the original cast is coming back. I, I Billy Crystal and Jack Goodman were born to play these characters, and I love to hear that they're coming back.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Oh, also, um, John Ratzenberger is coming back as Yeti.
1: Oh, yes. I, I'd much rather I just have a spin-off that. show with Yeti.
0: I would, that would be awesome. Maybe he, maybe he runs his own um, Monsters, Inc. factory somewhere else in the world, like up in the mountains. Nah. International, Monsters International. No, because it's already international. Yeah, it already, I, it yeah, the good doors good. kind of shoot that down. But I think it'd be interesting yeah. if there's other offices around the world. Yeah.
1: No, we both know that Yeti, if he started any business uh, of his own, would be a
0: snow cone shop. That would be great. I'd be like so this. much more interested. Granted, I could see it absolutely as a Pixar animated short of Yeti starting up his own snow cone stand or something.
1: Yeah. Well, and, like, think of it, too. Like, um, you know how how the Weasley brothers have their own candy shop? Yep. Think of something, on, on like, to that scale. Yeah, absolutely hilarious. And, the like, small, if he did if Yeah, he there's did plenty it, of
0: comedic bits that you can have of, like, hey, most people start a lemonade stand. I have a lemonade snow cone stand. Yeah,
1: exactly. And, like, have it actually set in, like, the human world, too? Play up that angle of Oh, that would be hilarious.
0: Yeah, people don't actually buy that it's a Yeti. Yeah, exactly. Like They're just like, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a, gimmick. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting routes that this can go. And I know we said it a couple of weeks ago, but Disney Plus is really shaping up to be one of the best values on the market if they are able to pull off um, all that they're promising. Which brings me to another thing that I've been thinking about lately is um, with movies, especially the DCEU, unfortunately, there's a lot of things that aren't announced, Nightwing, that don't end up happening. Do you see any of these uh, Disney Plus shows that they've announced so far kind of getting scrapped, or do you think all of them are going to happen? Um,
1: I think they're all going to happen. And part of that is just because of Disney's track record. I think that they, very, I, at least to my knowledge, very rarely announce
0: something if, they, if it's going to fall through later. But also, I think it's a little bit lower risk than releasing it in a theater. Um, Like, Netflix's strategy lately is, like, launching stuff onto their platform that may not do necessarily that well in theaters, but you're still going to get a lot of eyes on your product on a streaming service. So, yes, you could pour money into it without fear of losing a ton of that money, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense, I suppose. So, like, I feel like all these things will show up, and if nobody likes them, that's okay, because we didn't lose a whole bunch of money at the box office. That okay, I can see that. That yeah, it's easy. I don't know. Right I right. I
1: my my th- I would hope that they wouldn't po- they wouldn't do that and just I don't know. I think if you an, announce something, and I'm looking at you, DC. If you announce something, that means you're you're already in the process of of going through everything with it. You know what I mean? Like you're announcing it just so that everybody knows, not because you just started.
0: Yeah. But we'll see. We still also don't have a official, like, launch date for this app and streaming service. But I would not be surprised, come D23 this summer, we get a slew of information about different things, including the streaming service. Yeah. Now, next up, moving away from Disney news for the time being, um, we have another new trailer for Adam's Family. Not live action. It's just animated this time. Um. I have some thoughts, but Josh, you go into it first. I enjoyed it. Now, I can see if you – I was not – I didn't grow up a
1: huge fan of the Addams Family. I didn't watch it a lot. The ones that I watched was Monsters, so I was more – I'm more attached to them. Um, But I understand the basic concept of of the Addams Family. So I enjoyed it. I, they're all real kooky, and uh, there's some design choices that I kind of enjoy. Just like the fact like that Wednesday's hair is perma- is braided into nooses, I find That's that very funny. That's the only thing funny. I
0: did like, was that subtle I, joke that her braids are nooses. I found that very
1: funny. Um, there's, I mean, but to your credit, there's cer- certain things that a few characters do and how they react that I'm like... Look, based on what very little I know about the Adams Family, that it doesn't feel wrong, but it doesn't necessarily feel right either.
0: To me, this trailer very much feels like a discount version of Hotel Transylvania. Like the animation doesn't, it feels weird. Um, A lot of the humor falls very flat to me. And very much like a re- relying on pop culture jokes, like that it joke, which did nothing for me at all. <laughs> um, like the only one, the only joke that was like, okay, yeah, that's classic. Adam's Family is when Lurch is playing the piano and um, Hand play, starts playing with him. I'm like, yeah, that's that's standard Adam's Family fare. Um, this just didn't feel like Adam's Family to me. It, like I said, discount Hotel Transylvania. I like Hotel Transylvania. Those movies are good but a cheap, generic version of it, it didn't have yeah. that same level of charm. Like, I'm not a diehard Adams Family fan, but I did grow up watching both Adams Family and The Monsters on TV Land. I love them both. Um, this just didn't have that same level of charm, and I disagree with the artistic style. I think some of these designs look terrible, especially Wednesday. <laughs> I was okay with the trailer, and then they show a shot of what she looks like, and I oh, I audibly made a noise, and then I showed the trailer to Heather, and at the exact same moment, she had the same reaction of, what did you do? Her head looks super weird and awkward. Um, Yeah, none of the the designs just look weird for the sake of being weird, and the characters don't act that kooky. They just act dumb, kind of. Um, Yeah. My biggest issue is... The animation feels like Hotel Transylvania. Nothing is unique or stands out about it. Whereas like the original show, you could immediately tell that it's Adam's family. I, however, would have liked to have seen it be, and we've talked about it before. I would have much rather it be live action. Like a live yeah. action remake of those, those 90s one with Christopher Lloyd and company. Of uh, they were they were close. Uh, Oscar Isaac is voicing Gomez. He looks so spot-on to Gomez if they did a live-action version. And we've talked about this before, of Christina Ricci as Morticia. She was Wednesday as a kid. Now it's her turn to play Morticia. I'd be much more on board with that.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. Well, and I think the other t- the, the thing, now that I'm thinking about it, is the proportions of, of uh, Gomez to... Ugh, crap, I don't know the names that well. But his, the, the wife and husband, like even just size difference still feels off. Like, I know he's supposed to be shorter than her. Yeah, but not but, that short. No, he's, like, way shorter than her. And he, like, comes off... It's, he comes across as a... Still, like, why? Why would you go with that? Because even, like, in the live-action show, he's
0: Gomez is still kind of attractive. Like, yeah, he's shorter, but, like, he he's has... More su- su- he's more su- suave. He's not he's- slimy and gross. He's suave. Exactly. And... Yeah, they, like, over-exaggerated all their features and personalities to the point of, like, really dumbing them down. And I'm just... It's like, really? Did we really need to go this far in oversimplifying what the characters are? Also, where the heck was Cousin It? He's one of the most memorable characters. Maybe they're saving him. Uh, I don't know. Also... The uh, the original Adams Family didn't rely on pop culture jokes like that whole. I know I said it earlier, but that it joke, that's not an Adams Family joke. That's just that's just clickbait kind of joke of like, please laugh at us. You understand us. Like the demographic that knows Adams Family is not the demographic that grew up with these topical jokes that kids are gonna get. Kids nowadays don't yeah. know what Adams Family is. You have this chance now to reintroduce them to it if you do it right, and I don't think this is on the right track. That being said, this is just a teaser trailer. This movie's not coming out till October. We could get some better trailers down the line, but as for our first trailer, I thought this was garbage and really turns me off to the Addams Family, which is sad because I like the Addams Family.
1: Yeah, that's fair enough.
0: But I would have preferred live action, but that's neither here nor there. We've beat that dead horse enough. A horse that we haven't beaten enough yet, apparently, is the Suicide Squad or Suicide Squad Two, whatever we want to call it. This is just keeps getting weirder and weirder, man.
1: I don't know, man. I didn't. Okay. So the what? So I mean, at least Viola Davis is returning, right? I'm. She to me is a perfect Amanda Waller. Yes. Um, with the Idris Elba stuff not he's he's going to be in suicide squad but not be playing deadshot um, that opens the the doors for me anyway like i'm i'm super down for that even more
0: yeah so it seemed to me pretty obvious that uh, Viola Davis would come back as Amanda Waller like there was no point in recasting her She was one of the best things about the original Suicide Squad. You need somebody to hold everybody together. I don't know where this whole... um, Idris Elba's not playing Deadshot thing is. And maybe we were just wrong to assume he was playing Deadshot. Of, okay, Will Smith's out. Idris Elba's in. He's in as Deadshot to replace Will Smith. Now he's not playing Deadshot, but he's still in the movie and Will Smith's still out. It just... There are a lot of weird news... Out the news stories coming out of the Suicide Squad—it's really hard to keep up with. If Idris Elba isn't playing Deadshot, though, who are some characters that you would like to see him play? For me, the most obvious one is probably Bronze Tiger.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, <laughs> well, <laughs> this opens the door for me because they're not clear on if he's if he's a part of the squad. Or if he's just in the movie. Because if he's just in the movie,
0: that opens the doors for him to play a certain somebody. He's not Green Lantern. He's going to be my Green Lantern. (laughs) He's not Green Lantern. I think there's a better chance of him playing Bronze Tiger. Which Bronze Tiger as a character um, fits a lot better with this James Gunn Suicide Squad movie than I think Deadshot does. And I agree. I agree. Because James Gunn seems to be going for these really obscure characters, and with a name like Bronze Tiger, you're definitely obscure.
1: Well, because then that's a that's an open door for um, Vixen to come in.
0: Yeah, I suppose. I think the biggest giveaway will be um, if Bronze Tiger is not on the CW universe anymore, because that's typically a telling sign if a certain character is no longer allowed on there. Uh, death stroke that their plans for them in the movie universe, which still to me doesn't really make sense because they're clearly two separate things, but whatever.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's, it's, I'm trying to think because now with, with gun being so, so obscure with it, like he could be anybody <laughs> like legitimately anybody like, I, I don't know I, mm.
0: yeah I'm and trying to a...
1: think of any any because I'm trying like I'm trying to not think about traditional race stuff and just being like what character would I love him to play um, I mean he may, I think he'd make a great de- a great Deathstroke but we already have one as kind of I guess I don't know if, if he still is but um, I'm trying to th- uh, maybe not...
0: I was going to say KG Beast, but I'm not really down with that. Um, not big enough for KG Beast. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, The thing with Edge's uh, Elba is he has the acting ability to pull off a variety of different roles, so I think the door's wide open for him to play any number of different characters, which is a great asset to have for an actor like him.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, I, yeah, it's, it's a bronze tiger, I think, would be our best our best bet. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, I'm going to hold on that he's just going to be a cameo as Jon Stewart, but that's me. Um, <laughs> holding on with a prayer. <laughs> but
0: we'll see, man. You know, the time will tell, obviously. Maybe it could be somebody minor like Guardian or somebody.
1: Ooh. Actually, I'd be super down with that.
0: I mean, right? Guardian is Gu- Guardian is kind of like,
1: quote, unquote, a lame ass. He's very lame, but he like... At the same time, if you have somebody really awesome playing him, you could really go really well. I'm just thinking based on, alone off of the two Guardians that we get in Young Justice.
0: Yeah, which is a very limited role for Guardian, but I'm just excited to see Idris Elba's on board, and I'm actually more okay with him being a character that's not Deadshot than like out-and-out out replacing Will Smith. While I wasn't a huge fan of Will Smith's Deadshot, I think for clarity's sake, I think it's better to just have him be a new character entirely. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, also, some minor thing, but I haven't seen a whole bunch of coverage on this, and it's just a rumor at this point, but it's also a rumor that Joel Kinnaman will be back as Rick Flagg, to which I'm just going, "Ah, really, do we have to? I mean, I don't mind him
1: coming back as Rick Flagg. I just don't want him in this movie.
0: Yeah, Rick Flagg as a character I didn't care for in the first one, and I... I would like to just get a clean break from his character too. Like, just bring yeah. as many new people as we can and less from the first, which I think is the plan, except for Harley and Viola Davis and Captain Boomerang. So DC is picking the pieces that people like and I don't think um, Rick Flagg was necessarily a character people were like, oh yeah, we need more Rick Flagg. And that's probably because Joel Kinnaman's so boring. Well, the
1: moment that <laughs> the moment that Jai Courtney
0: outshines you, you know you're doing something wrong, bud. <laughs> well, they gave Jai Courtney a unicorn to work with. And beer. Lots and lots of beer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now, for our last news story of the day, we have some news on the Black Widow movie, which is supposedly going to be starting production soon, and I would not be surprised if that if it's the next MCU movie we get after uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, but again, we won't get any information officially until After Far From Home comes out. Uh, but apparently we're getting some new casting news that um, Rachel Weiss or Weiss, however you want to pronounce that, and Stranger Things David Arbor will be joining the cast of Black Widow, both of which I'm super excited for. I like both of these actors very much. Yeah, I...
1: I uh, think uh, this movie is... The time for it is
0: past. I agree. I think this movie I, should have been made before Captain Marvel a few years yes. ago. Yeah. No, it, it should have
1: been made a long time ago.
0: I feel like this movie should have been made before Captain Marvel, but they were waiting till after Wonder Woman. Like, Marvel's like, we're already successful enough. We'll let somebody else do a female superhero movie, and then we'll see, depending on how that goes, if we'll do one, too. Because we got something good here. We don't want to mess that up. Yeah. But people have been clamoring for this Black Widow movie for a while to the point that I think they waited too long, like you said, and it won't be Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow that will be the star of it. I think she'll be in it, but it'll be a flashback, like, previously in her life.
1: Yeah, and... Mm. It's the the time has passed, especially with giving us that weird flashback. Um, in what was the Age of Ultron? Yeah, um, it's just now. And you know what? We'll get to it eventually. But Age of Ultron is my least favorite of the Marvel movies. And really, that's your least movies. favorite. Yes,
0: it is. I think it's up there for me, but I don't know if it's my absolute least favorite. But yes, we'll it get might, to that it, eventually. It,
1: yeah, we'll get to that. It's definitely a tie between that and Civil War. But, um, wow, anyway, that's a hot that take is, for sure. Nah, not really. Um, Any, anyway, But when I explain it, it'll make sense. But that's uh, neither here nor there. But you've done, you've already given the universe this kind of very half-hearted flashback that was supposed to be like, all right, I know you guys have been asking for you know a uh, a Black Widow movie, and this is all we can do. So here, take this. And it was really just to give us sympathy for the the weird relationship they were trying to be- build between Hulk and and uh, Widow. So it was. Just, uh, I think they've kind of crapped the bed on this, and that it time has passed. And you know what? It's. I mean, how are you going to do Captain Marvel before Black Widow? When Black Widow has been a central part of your universe up until this. Like really, like.
0: Now, there are two, one of two routes, both of which I think will very much interest you. One of them is an idea that I have just now come up with off the top of my head, and the other one is the actual rumored um, storyline. Which one would you rather hear first? I I don't care. (laughs) I'll go with mine because I think the other one is better. So I'll say that one for last. But my idea is, I just recently watched Captain America Winter Soldier, um, and she talks about, how there's this ghost called the winter soldier. What if the black widow movie is her crossing paths with the winter soldier, not knowing it's the winter soldier behind everything.
1: Interesting. Okay. Um, well, I'd be kind of down with that because I love, I love Bucky. I love that character. I love the, the winter soldier character before, even before he turns. So, I mean, I'd be, uh, it's,
0: I don't know. Like, he's been around forever, so maybe it's, like, early 2000s, because Captain Marvel was set in the 90s, so something early 2000s with Winter Soldier then, except she doesn't know it's Winter Soldier. It's just... And, like, preventing government assassinations type thing.
1: Maybe. I I, I, I don't know. I'd have to have somebody actually, like, show, give me a good, good pitch for it, to me, really be behind it.
0: I, I'm really just saying, I, I really think it's too late. Now, the other one, this is the rumored, like, villain of Black Widow. This has me much more excited, because I didn't even know Marvel had the rights to this guy, but the rumored villain for Black Widow is Taskmaster. Yes, So for those of you who are wondering, going, why is Josh excited? Taskmaster is um, this villain in Marvel Comics that is super intelligent and can learn um, other people's moves and abilities more or less by watching. And that's how he becomes – he's able to beat people by more or less guessing and figuring out and learning their fighting patterns. And that works yes. perfectly for Black Widow, who's a hand-to-hand combat person.
1: Absolutely. Jeez, yes. Do Taskmaster in there. That way you don't have to introduce him randomly in Spider-Man. You can just be like, all right, cool. Put this in Black Widow. And then uh, the, now you're scared of him, right? Boom. Have him, all of a sudden, he shows, starts showing a little, up a little bit in in, uh, in Spider-Man movies. and Like, you know, between tests and whatnot, whatever. We'll see. And just, oh, man, you could build so much off of that.
0: Now, there's always those running jokes of all Black Widow does is ever do the head scissors takedown to people. What if Black, what if Taskmaster is fully aware of this and we are like the stereotypical, all right, she's going to do the head scissors takedown to this guy and fight him on the ground. She goes to the head scissors, knows it's coming while she's around him, grabs her, power bombs her like, oh, yeah. Twist on expectations. He knew it was exactly. coming type thing. And yeah, every move absolutely. she's going to make, he knows because he studied her and is able to predict it and counter it. She has to change up her methods and everything else. Absolutely. And like actually become that a super is- spy and, be- and learn to adapt.
1: Yeah. I'd, I, I would be down with that. Or, or flip that on its head and uh, so she's been fighting or whatever, and she keeps doing these different things that aren't working until she uh, find all, she, she distracts him somehow, boom, and then hits him with the, the head scissors takedown, and that's what she wins with because she's is she, so she has to reach into you know her repertoire and do something she's never done before to, to in order to beat him up until that point or whatever you know what I mean? I don't know. It, it, I think a task Taskmaster Black Widow could work. Better if they're gonna do one. I still, I still, I still say I think it's too, it's too late. But you know,
0: yeah. But I'm more interested in a Taskmaster type villain than like an Uber super villain of like super powered, and you need super, somebody with a ton of superpowers to take them down. I think Taskmaster is just the right level for Black Widow to be able to take down by herself. Yeah, absolutely. But, not to undermine Taskmaster or Black Widow's abilities, but I think that's a really good pairing right there. Maybe have a Hawkeye Absolutely. cameo, but you don't necessarily have to. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, or, they're best friends, so, like, it could work, but I
0: think... Or maybe the if you're gonna story storyline Black- of no. um, the mission where um, Black Widow is sent to kill Hawkeye.
1: Yeah, you, and he, you could do and that. And she
0: makes a different call.
1: That could be it, yeah. I, I just – I think that if you're going to do a Black Widow movie, it, she needs to be the center. And you can't uh, – to me, you can't bring in as much as – I like Hawkeye, like you can't bring him in unless you're doing that specific story. Maybe it was the fir- – maybe do that and it's like the first time he ever was Ronin. And like her changing her mind uh, to save him is what turns him back to Hawkeye.
0: Yep. Well, we shall see. Um, Before we get into our main discussion, Josh, you got a sponsor for us this week? I do, man. I have uh,
1: normal subwoofer speakers as our sponsor today. Um, Normal
0: subwoofers? Is Is that like the actual name?
1: That's that's what I'm calling them because I don't know the actual name because – Um, So I've had this TV for almost four months, four or five months, and it is technically a display monitor, Um, so it doesn't have sound. So I have finally figured out how to take some speakers and hook it up to the TV so I can actually have sound coming out of my TV
0: now after four or five months of having the thing silent (laughs) movies man silent movies
1: well I mean I just I do everything off my playstation so I just plug my uh, my headphones into the controller and listen through there makes sense yeah but if I ever have anybody that comes over and watches wants to watch a movie with me it
0: you know it's not much headphone splitters yeah well alrighty well our discussion for this week as it will be for the next several weeks is each week the three weeks leading up to Avengers Endgame, we will be breaking down a different phase in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, kicking us off this week with Marvel Phase 1. So that will be Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, the first Avenger, and the first Avengers film. We'll be going through them each individually. Then we'll be giving you guys our favorite and least favorite films of the this respective phase, and then we'll be giving you some information that we think will be important for you guys to keep in mind in the back of your minds when you see Endgame. Sound good? Alrighty. Josh, Iron Man, the one that started it all. 2008 was a really big year for comic book movies. We had both Iron Man and The Dark Knight, two films that I will firmly believe always will be like the tentpoles of this is what we look back on iron man started the mcu dark knight changed how we perceive comic movies very both different movies yet impactful for the genre but we're talking about iron man today this is one of your favorites in the mcu isn't it
1: yeah it's it is and a part of that is because that something like this iron man was nothing before this movie and this movie made him entertaining and made him Maybe you want to watch him more.
0: Oh, yeah. People still say it's just day, which I know is a lie. They're like, oh, yeah, I've always been an Iron Man fan. Oh, really? You were an Iron Man fan before 2008? You know who he was? The only person I ever believe when they say that is my dad because he has a ton of Iron Man comics, and my uncle does too. But Iron Man is such in the popular culture nowadays that people just forget of a time even before Iron Man. It's like, oh, yeah, he's just around. But, yeah. I
1: mean, even when this movie was announced, it was kind of like, Oh, okay.
0: Whatever. I
1: mean, when,
0: with you know, drunk on the side old, of the road, Robert Downey Jr. No less.
1: Yes, that was the other thing. Was I mean, right before this movie, uh Robert Downey Jr. had just been released from rehab, and this is one of. I I don't have the confidence to say this is his first movie out of rehab, but it's like. It's, it's one, one of the first three. Yeah, it's one of the first three movies he did out of out of rehab, and so nobody really had any faith in him because, for those who don't know, like Robert Downey Jr. was not a good person for a long no, time. No, he
0: was like, not. I mean, good. He, Multiple DUIs. Didn't he almost um kill somebody in a car accident yeah, at one like, point? Yeah, like it was it was not good. Like he was Charlie Sheen for a long time. Yes, he was in a very dark place. Exactly. Risky actor mixed with risky character that people may not have heard of makes for a very risky recipe. However, they had the secret ingredient that I feel like often gets overlooked a lot in the MCU of how significant a role he played. But director Jon Favreau made an incredible movie with Iron Man.
1: Um, Jon Favreau is, in my opinion, one of the most underrated directors in Hollywood. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 he's on a hot streak he's, right now. Oh, dude! Like, oh, but even before Jungle Book, or really any of those, like he, like sh- between Chef, Iron Man, and some of his other films early on, like he, he, the guy knows how to direct a, a movie. I mean, he also knows how to direct a movie that he's in. So there's that too.
0: Yeah, but Iron Man, really. Without Iron Man, we. It's obvious. Without Iron Man, we don't have an MCU. But to me, Iron Man is the only MCU movie that I actually like Iron Man in because he actually goes through a journey and learns things and is an interesting character before he becomes so obnoxious and doesn't take accountability for his actions. But Iron Man is one of the most rewatchable to me, uh, one of the most rewatchable of the MCU movies. I don't know what it is. It still has that. A lot of the phase one Marvel movies have a certain feel to them. Nowadays, a lot of the MCU movies have this, like, homogenized sameness to them, but uniqueness at the same time. It's kind of hard to describe. Like, you know they're in the same universe, even if they have different styles. The phase 1 movies, to me, have a very distinct Phase 1 vibe to them, of, like, yeah, still kind of that 2000s-ish superhero movies, but glimpses of better things to come. And I yeah. still love Iron Man. It's... It's not my favorite of um, Phase 1. We'll get to that in a little bit. But I, I really like Iron Man. They nailed the casting with Robert Downey Jr. The casting across the board is spectacular. Minus one oh, that absolutely. I've never been a fan of. Who? Gwyneth Paltrow's Pepper Potts. Oh, yeah. I never cared for her.
1: I mean, to be fair, when you're acting across you know, Robert Downey Jr., who is like determined to get back to get his life back on track. And Jeff Bridges. oh Yeah, I yeah, feel like we overlook
0: his Obadiah Stain quite a bit.
1: He is. I mean, to me, Jeff Bridges is, is an incredible actor, and he's one of my favorites. So I like, I was I was always down with for him in this movie.
0: Yeah. I really liked him. I liked uh John Favreau's Happy Hogan. I really liked um Jarvis it's just a really good movie although it's weird to go back and watch those early MCU movies and see at the opening credits it still says Paramount Pictures
1: yeah it's very interesting it's just it's weird but and you know what maybe that's the maybe that's the the factor because the I I want to say most of the phase ones were were all Paramount weren't they
0: Yes, all but Avengers. Avengers was the first movie distributed by Disney.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, there is that. that that, that I mean, Having a different studio taking care of this is, is going to make it feel different. So, I don't know, man. True.
0: Um, Speaking of different. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible Hulk. Easily the one that gets overlooked the most. There's, I don't think there's a single MCU movie that the MCU wants you to forget more than Incredible Hulk. It's not that it's a bad movie. I just think the MCU wants you to forget the Incredible Hulk for some reason. Maybe that's the that whole Edward Norton drama that went with it. But it's, it's, it's not definitely
1: bad. The, it's definitely the Edward Norton drama. Because before the, that that drama, he they, they wanted him to come back as, as the Hulk. As the villain? I, I would have loved it. Because I think um, that was
0: the direction they were originally pitching by the end credit scene and everything else that I've heard is Hulk was supposed to be the villain of the first Avengers. And they're like recruiting a team to fight the Hulk,
1: which wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, but. Which maybe it, that's
0: another reason why they've kind of swept incredible Hulk under the rug. Cause you could tell that they went in a different direction down the road. Not yeah. what they teased in incredible Hulk. Absolutely.
1: And as, as not as fun of a person as he is.
0: Edward Norton is acting his butt off in this movie. He, like, he gets characters. Yeah, he's definitely not my favorite Hulk. That's definitely Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo was made to be Hulk. But it's something about it, he's a good Hulk, but he's not necessarily a great Bruce Banner. I don't buy him as Banner, really. I don't buy this. I mean, Maybe because it's Edward Norton. I don't buy, like... Bruce Banner's supposed to be this mostly chill dude that you're afraid that he's going to snap and turn into the Hulk. Edward Norton just seems like a dude that's about to snap at any given moment and is kind of scary as Bruce Banner himself.
1: That's, and that's fair. I mean, but there's some great lines in that movie. Like, yeah, you want me in a, in a, when they're going go to go into the subway? He's like, mm, I don't think that's a good idea.
0: Yeah. Um, also, the end fight is fantastic
1: it is there's a lot of really like this movie is is the is marvel's green lantern there's some really good stuff and it's not anybody's particular fault on why it's not as good of a movie there's just some things here and there that just kind of take away from it
0: Yeah, also, Incredible Hulk has a lot of dangling threads that I don't think will ever be tied up in the MCU just because they want us to forget about it. Like, I was amazed that they reintroduced Thunderbolt Ross in Civil War because I thought they more or less forgot about Incredible Hulk. But, um, like, whatever happened to Abomination or the leader at the end of the Incredible Hulk, they just kind of swept under the rug. Like, even Red Skull, spoiler alert, eventually made a reappearance after his disappearance in Captain America. So never say never. Maybe these characters will show up again. But I don't. I don't I have a feeling we're not going to see them again. Just because the state of Hulk always is kind of this weird limbo of you can have him but you can't type of thing. Yeah. So and I think that's going to be kind of it.
1: Hulk has always. He's always been one of those characters that, that's tough to do in a live action movie just him. That's why I was always rooting for a Planet Hulk movie because that's the easiest story to do with him.
0: But that um, that there lies the problem. It's not so much a how do you get this character to work on screen. That that's never been the issue. It's been part of the issue. But um, the other issue is the rights belong to Universal Studios, not Disney. Mm. Like the movie yeah, distribution. Well, like he's allowed legally. Hulk is allowed to be in other people's movies, but he himself cannot be the movie. It's a yep. weird legal thing.
1: It is, which is upsetting. But oh well.
0: Not as upsetting as our next movie, my least favorite movie in the MCU. Iron Man Two. Uh, this movie uh, st- this was Marvel's first like mistake, but to their credit, after this, they didn't really go down this road this road this badly ever again. Iron Man 2 yeah. is there blatantly just a set of Avengers, and there's so much stuff in this that is shoehorned in just to set up future events. The only other movie that kind of does it also is Age of Ultron. But this movie, there's so much that they are just like, huh, huh? Avengers is coming. You know that, right? Avengers is coming. Like when Coulson finds that shield and uses it as a prop, just as a side gag. This movie is just here to fill time.
1: Yeah. Um, and to me, it's kind of sad because Mickey Rourke's Whiplash is, is kind of great. I enjoy him
0: as Whiplash. Yeah, but I kind of had Whiplash ruined for me when I got out of the theater with my dad. And I hadn't even really thought about it, but he brought until he brought it up, he's like, okay, so you create this all-powerful weapon, like the Iron Man suit, exactly. And you turn them into whips? One of the least effective weapons you can have? You don't turn it into a laser or a gun or a rocket pack. You turn them into whips. I was like, yeah.
1: No, hey, man, you shush. This is a, this is a world of gimmicks. Stop. Don't don't you do –
0: he's got to stand out somehow. But one character that I wish they would bring back from Iron Man 2, but like Incredible Hulk, I feel like the MCU wants us to forget Incredi- uh, Iron Man 2 happened. One character in Iron Man 2 that I would love to come back is Justin Hammer. Yes. The tech mogul?
1: Oh dude, and the play uh, the the play uh that him and Stark have is just it's just hilarious. Sam Rockwell like, is just the
0: greatest. I want him to come
1: back. Well, and here's the thing. I will say this. There is there's some really funny lines in Iron Man 2. Like uh, when when especially towards the in the climax of the film, when they're like uh, w- w- uh somebody's checking on Stark, I think, and he's he's like, like what you up to?" And he's like, "Oh, you know, you know, with hemorrhoids, like, <laughs> like it's just." And then when War Machine like does the laser or Iron Man does the laser and he's and kills like everybody in that garden, and uh, War Machine's like, "Why didn't you just lead with?"
0: That? Yeah, why didn't like, you just open with up? that? Yeah, like, it's, uh, there's uh, some just out of genuinely lines. Just out of curiosity, um, so with Iron Man 2, we saw recasting of Terrence Howard was originally Rhodey in Iron yeah. Man 1, and then he got replaced by Don Cheadle for all subsequent films for Rhodey due to contract disputes. Um, are you more of a Terrence Howard person or Don Cheadle as War Machine? I like Terrence a lot. Yeah, I'm in the it's, same boat.
1: And it has nothing against it. Don, but he I, I've never been that big of a fan of him.
0: Yeah, I um, think Don Cheadle's a really great actor, but I like the chemistry between Terrence Howard and Robert Downey Jr. a lot more, even if they hated yeah. each other behind the scenes.
1: Yeah. I, I just I liked his roadie better. Um I felt more that I thought it was more plausible for him that Roadie and Stark to be friends than it was for Don's Anyway, you know, you know what I mean. Like, there's something about their personalities that I was just like, oh, I, I can see why these two are friends. Whereas with John, Don Cheadle's, it's kind of like uh, he feels a little wooden almost at some at at some points.
0: Yeah, I've I've never really cared for Don Cheadle's War Machine. Like when he falls in Civil War, I don't really care when that happens. He he seems more like a side character when Don Cheadle took over, and I just I haven't really cared for his War Machine. I like keep insisting that he's a big character, but I really I don't. I guess now for the next two movies in the MCU Thor and Captain America, the first Avenger. I think both of these movies are some of the most underrated and underappreciated in the whole MCU. Well, most
1: of the Thor quotes ever from the entire, all 22 movies or whatever are from
0: Thor. This movie, it is absolutely hilarious. I really enjoy the first one. And I credit that to director Kenneth Branagh, who did a lot of Shakespearean things before Thor and still does to this day, if I'm not mistaken. He brought a lot of that Shakespearean elements to Thor and it completely worked.
1: Oh, yeah. Just him being like, I I need to find a steed or when he drinks the coffee and demands another and smashes the mug. It's just... It's it's very funny. And it, to me, like Thor is finally starting to get back to the heart that this movie had where he's genuinely he just wants the approval of his father. He just wants to be um, the right one to hold the hammer. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he, he th- this movie had like Thor has heart. Probably, in my opinion, more heart than most of the most of the the
0: Phase One movies. I like that we spend a lot of time with Thor out of the suit. That way, yes. I'm a big suit guy. Of like, when the suit comes, it has to mean something. It's part of the character's journey. It's, it's supposed to represent who they are. I like that we get a lot of quote unquote Donald Blake, his human alias. We get a lot of Donald Blake in the movie of him earning the title of Thor again, so to speak. That way, when he does don the armor again to take on, I think it's the Destroyer? When he takes on the yeah. Destroyer at the end, it means something because now we care about this jerk. Exactly. And
1: and they do the same thing in Ragnarok. So, like, when he does unleash the, all that that lightning, you're like, yes,
0: finally. he's he's He is who he, he is supposed to be. I will say the first and even the second Thor um, have kind of a weaker cast. I've never really been a fan of Natalie Portman's um, Jane Foster, and I especially don't like Kat Denning's character. Yeah, it's it, they're all right. Like, Dr. Selvig is totally fine. Um, I like the fleshing out of Coulson. Coulson has quite a bit more to do in the movie. I like Loki the most in this Thor more than any others because they start to turn him into more of an anti-hero. This one, he's definitely a meddler. He's definitely more of a trickster, and I like that aspect more of Loki than anything else. Yes. He's like, I'm just here just to stab people in the back and mess people's plans up because that's Loki. Exactly, and even like with him learning that he's a
1: frost giant, like it, it definitely like it plays off very well.
0: Yeah, it's also interesting to go back, because this movie was 2011. It's interesting to go back and see how young everybody looks, like especially Tom Hiddleston. But, um, like, the weird fake beard that they gave Chris Hemsworth at the beginning and the weird eyebrows that he has to see what he's got now. Um, It just really, really worked. And it to take what the character was before in the comics of, like, super weird and out there, especially for a mainstream audience, and to make it relatable to a mainstream audience to a level that they could understand and still enjoy, that's a huge credit to Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like...
1: Speaking of taking a character from another world and another
0: time... So this movie, more than any other MCU movie, the more I watch it, the more it really grows on me. Because I... Liked but didn't love the first Captain America. I thought it was one of the weaker phase one movies. But the more I watch it, the more I really, really enjoy it. I think Heather has said it's her favorite MCU movie because of the character of Cap. And yeah, the more I watch it and the more I watch his entire trilogy, Captain America is without a doubt my favorite Avenger. And I think that is because of this first film setting the tone. Absolutely. Like... The the moment for me that the more I watch it, the more I'm like, I love this scene is um, when Tommy Lee Jones's character is crapping on him. I'm just like, he's too small. Why don't you go with this guy? He's big and strong and whatever else. Uh, he's never going to do anything. Then he throws that dummy grenade on the ground and everyone scatters and Cap jumps on it because he's just like, I'm a scrawny guy. It doesn't matter if I blow up.
1: Yeah. He's, he, he, is here for everyone else. He's not here for himself. He's got no ego, nothing. Or even like the scene when he's getting beat up and he's like, and the guys like, you want to give up? And he's like, I could do this all day. Like, and I mean, that line is used throughout the series. And I think and, it will be used again. Oh, absolutely. That's how I want. I need, look, man, Cap is going to die. I've accepted this fact, Right. And he's go, Thanos is going to be beating the literal crap out of this man. And, for, and uh, Cap is going to be coming up back for more and more and more. And Thanos is going to just be like, "What? why don't you give up? And he's like, I can do this all day. You stole and, my uh, idea, man.
0: Oh, I'm so ready for it. But and the other oh, line God. that I – I guess I just didn't really pay much attention to it. The first time I watched it. But the more I watched it, it's the other really big line that really defines who Captain America is. Is when the doctor comes in and he's like, do you want to kill Nazis? And Captain America's like, I don't want to kill anybody. I just don't like bullies. I'm like, yes, that is Captain America. Still believes in what's right. Doesn't always like going about it that way. But he just... At the end of the day, doesn't want bullies and wants to stick up for what's right. I'm like, that's Captain America. This movie is easily the most cheesy of all the phase one movies. Oh, easily. Easily. But it knows it has to be. Absolutely. Because Cap is a cheesy character. It very much embraces its roots of like that cheesy war time, but it's still gritty. Like when um, Bucky quote unquote dies and Cap is trying to drink away his problems, only to discover, because of his metabolism, he can't get drunk. That's a great scene. It's, yeah, it's, it's
1: incredible. And just the way that he, he's getting used to his new body and how people react to him now, and he's not used to it. He still loves Peggy with all of his heart, but he's got all these other women making passes at him because how he looks now. And he's
0: not. he doesn't know how to deal with it. Or I love the scene when he's talking to uh, Peggy. And he's just there in the car heading to headquarters. And he's like, oh, got beat up in that corner. And that one over there. And that one over there. And she's like, you ever think about running away from a fight? You're just like, if you keep running from a fight, eventually it's going to find you anyway. So might as well face up to it now. Yeah, exactly. Oh, just The more I watch the original Captain America, I really... I get the character of Captain America. I get behind him. I like his character. And he would get more growth and grow as a character and become more dynamic as his trilogy would round out. And I just really... I, the more I watch Captain America, the more I really like it. And it kind of gets overlooked because his other movies are so good. And other people, like, Iron Man's more flashy. Thor's got cooler powers. But Cap. Cap is the closest we've gotten so far to a good Superman-type character, and I love a Superman, just the all-around good guy character. And that is Cap, no matter what, willing to do what's right, no matter what. And I just like that type of character, which leads us to, I think it's safe to say, our favorite MC movie of Phase 1, The Avengers.
1: Yeah, easily. And it doesn't take much, really, for this movie to be better than all of the other ones. And that's not a knock on, on the rest of the movies in Phase 1, but it's just so good.
0: Yeah, so what what are the, some of the major things that stand out to you about the Avengers? Um,
1: the shot, and you know what shot. The money so the, shot of the OG6. The baby. There's nothing like it. Um, the death of Colson, or quote unquote, death of Colson. Um, Captain America saying, I got, I got that reference.
0: <laughs> that movie gets so quoted, but especially that reference
1: because it's so funny. Oh, uh, because everybody else just looks at Cap like, What's wrong with you?
0: <laughs> I just um, like how it's so almost effortlessly. Ties everybody's stories together. Oh, completely. You have Cap's connection to the Tesseract, who Loki steals the Tesseract, so that's how you get Thor involved. Uh, Iron Man already has his relationship with S.H.I.E.L.D., which was established in Iron Man 2, Uh, but still, it did some groundwork laying that was helpful, at least. But the movie just... I can't really describe it other than it flows so effortlessly together. Well,
1: and I think the scene that is probably the most needed in in the movie, and that they pull off in such a great way, is the three way fight at towards the middle of the beginning of the movie between Thor, Cap, and, and um, Iron Man of just like these guys, like because you know we all have had those conversations as a kid, like who do you think would would win in a fight of you know you know these this person this person this person. Well, this one, it gives you that, but, like, if you notice, and this is just a testament, a testament to Cap, he only gets involved in, in order to end it. And that's, like, that's what makes him the leader, basically. That's the moment where everyone's like, yeah, no, yeah, you, you're you just here for, for to be good. And, of course, you have that line in that scene where it's like, you
0: want me to put the hammer down? Are we done here? <laughs> Oh, that, yep. that's a great scene. But then it kind of gets ruined when you realize Loki just kind of sat there and watched them fight, and then just let them take him into custody. Yeah, puts no effort Absolutely. into running away.
1: But I also love i that scene has so many good lines though because you want to you want me to put the hammer down? Uh, Doth mother knows. No, you wear with Sir drapes. Oh, it's such a good line. The humor is uh.
0: really spot on with Avengers. The pacing is great. Like it's a longer movie for a superhero movie, but it never once feels like it. It's so perfectly yeah. paced.
1: And it really it's the first time we really get to see um crap uh um Samuel L Jackson as um Fury. That's like, like actually do re- things. He's
0: he's been yeah. in stuff,
1: but It's the first time he actually does stuff, and actually, we actually get to flesh out his character a little bit.
0: Yeah. Um, Doesn't mean I care at all about um, Maria Hill's character. Never have, never will. Uh, She gets introduced in Avengers. Doesn't mean I care. Uh, But there's so much to like about the Avengers, the cast, the dynamic between each other. Uh, For you, it's that three-way fight between all of them. To me, like the defining scene in all of Avengers is when they're arguing with each other on the helicarrier before Hawkeye and company attack. Yes. Uh, Everything special about you came out of a bottle. Take away the suit of armor. What are you? Genius, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. Put on a suit. Let's go a couple rounds. Which would lay the groundwork for Civil War down the line of just little things here and there that could be, that are good moments in the moment in the movie. But lay the groundwork later on, as we're going to talk about in a little bit here with things to remember for Endgame. Um, that, to me, was a great scene, both just well-written, but also understanding everybody's motivations. Why Cap and Iron Man will never be on the same page. Why yep. S.H.I.E.L.D. is making these weapons. It's because of Thor. Like, everything makes sense and everyone has motivation, which it... Other times, superhero movies forget to give people motivation, so you're wondering why you should root for them. They do such a good job making you care about the Avengers. They make they feel like genuine people and people that you want to root for, and that's one of the strongest things in the MCU. Is I know you don't always like the movies, but can you say you don't like the characters?
1: Yeah. Well, and it's it does, and let's let's go on and segue into that conversation of things to keep in mind. Um, because really this is the start and it does lay the groundwork for everything that's to come. And it, it uh, like we said, it, to me, this is the series, the, the phase that defines Cap. And it's why, like, I'm so okay with Cap dying. Not because I'm tired of the character, but depending on
0: how he goes out, like that's Cap. He, that's always he, been his arc right down he, to okay, thing to remember from Captain America. How does his story end in the first Captain America? He doesn't have a happy ending. He crashes the plane into the ocean to save the day. Exactly. He he is his character is
1: defined by I will do whatever it takes to do the right thing. And mm-hmm. like that that's important to keep in mind going into this final movie
0: for which is very possible. His final movie.
1: Um, okay. one special- thought
0: for, for Avengers before we go into each movie individually to, for things to keep in mind. Uh, you're talking about yes. Captain America and how he sacrificed himself at the end of his first movie. Uh, remember there's that line of dialogue in Avengers when, um, Iron Man and Captain America are going at it and Cap's just like, you're never one to lay down on the wire and let the other guy crawl over you. And Iron Man like, says something snarky about like, I just cut the wire and everyone kind of snickers at that. Um, I think that's going to come into play later of Iron Man making the ultimate sacrifice. He will be the one that pu- uh, puts his body on the line.
1: I think he won't. I and think the reason Cap is and Iron because, Man both will die. Well, I mean, I have no doubt in that. But I think he won't make the ultimate sacrifice because... And this will play, play a little bit in, in Dabble a little bit in uh, Phase 2, but the way that he does sa- try to sacrifice himself by taking the nuke in Avengers. And and he legitimately almost dies. And we see how that affects him later on in Phase 2, but that might cause him to, uh, when it comes to Endgame and the sacrifices that needs to be made, he might be too scared. Because especially after Ultron and uh, especially after all these everything that's led up to it, he's still very affected with this idea that he could die at any time.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Speaking of Iron Man, let's start from Iron Man, go through all of them. Think of the things that we think you guys at home will probably want to keep in the back of your mind before, while going into end game Iron Man. I think for me, the biggest thing is that um, whole opening of Iron Man when he's trapped by the terrorists he has to make his own suit to escape it seems very similar to what's going on with him in Endgame at the end of Infinity War him and Nebula are stuck on Titan with the clash with the crashed Benatar and they yeah. have to figure out a way this seems more just like a repeat of the first Iron Man when he's all alone in the cave and he has to science a solution that could exactly be the exact same thing that we're going to get with Endgame. of he has to pull his bootstraps up, pick himself up and find a way home with his own brain. And I think that'd be a nice way to bring a full circle of this is where the story begins. This is where the story ends. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I'm going to take a little bit
1: about what I said back just because from the trailer, just whether, you know, you can argue whether or not he, uh, he actually dies, but when he, he seems to have accepted his death, and accepted death is an option for him. Um, so maybe he, maybe there will be a chance of him sacrificing himself. But who knows, man? I, I think science, he's definitely, based on the first and second Iron Man, he, will, he has the ability and desire to science himself out of a situation. No problem at all. Um, Especially with now. The yeah. Oh, especially Navi. Really. But the I think the thing to keep in mind is knowing where his arc started, and to and then once once you do get there, seeing where he is going into this movie, personality wise in his story, uh, he's a totally different person from when this when this movie start when this whole series started. Really.
0: Exactly. Um, Incredible Hulk can't uh, don't really think of anything. No, there's nothing like because
1: the MCU has basically told us that it doesn't exist. So, uh, Iron Man two doesn't matter. Nothing matters. I'm trying you're to think about
0: him. anything that happened in Iron Man two. Maybe Justin Hammer will come back. That's that sure the, what I was
1: going to say that might, that's a possibility, but, uh, eh. um, I think,
0: Judging by some internet rumors, I think you might want to get yourself familiar with all the various different Marvel villains like from the past, just in case they may make an appearance. So be familiar with Justin Hammer, Obadiah Stane. I don't think they'll come back. But be familiar just in case.
1: It literally like because what they keep saying is that, you know, the, the things that they're showing us is the first thirty minutes of the movie. Um if that's the case Like, anything can happen now.
0: Yeah. Um, So. Thor. Just kind of introduction to Thor. Getting some backstory about him. Just like the first Iron Man, you got backstory with him. Um, Thor is just an introduction to him. I feel like we get more set up to Endgame and future Thor sequels. Sometimes for the detriment of the story. Um, Trying to think if there's anything really important for Thor to keep in mind. All the way for Endgame because there's a set like eight year gap in filmmaking between those two. I don't yeah, think there's I,
1: anything. I think I think the main thing is um, where again with Iron Man where he's coming from story wise, and that the, this is where he's he started and he's still having to learn the same lessons over and over and over again because the last lessons he learns in Ragnarok. Is basically the same thing that he learned in the, the, in his first movie, so I mean he still struggles with the same pitfalls.
0: Hmm. Um. I think there's going to be quite a bit of Captain America, actually, that will, will come back because um, the directors said that any of the characters that didn't get as much screen time in Infinity War will get more screen time in Endgame. So like. Um, Captain America, Black Widow, uh, characters like that. I think Endgame is very much going to be a Captain America-heavy movie. Um, so I think you should probably remember his stuff with Peggy Carter of the whole "Save Me" a dance thing. I definitely think that'll come back into it. I have some other stuff, but that's more Winter Soldier-related. Um, the yeah, Captain really, America, like, I could do this all day. I also would not be surprised if that, um, line that, yes, I know it's directed towards Bucky, but I could absolutely tell, see Cap telling, uh, Iron Man, I'm with it till the end of the line. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I can see that too. Well, I mean, there's not a lot to keep in mind from phase one. And part of that is just because it's, we've, we've come a long way since then.
0: Yeah. That being said, though, absolutely refresh yourself with the first Avengers movie. Just trust me. I know some—I've i I've read some rumors. You're going to want to go back and watch the first Avengers. Yeah. Obviously, just go it. back and watch all three of the main Avengers so far because that in and of itself more or less tells its own story. But the first Avengers, there's some things that I've heard that the story will go back to in regards to the narrative— that link back to that first Avengers battle for New York so be familiar with the first Avengers um, obviously that's where we first see, catch a glimpse of Thanos and the Chitauri uh, be familiar with that battle um, yeah I'm going I've been going through the Marvel movies on my own so I gotta catch, do a better job of catching up for next week to really remember some of the minute details. But like we said, some of these earlier movies are such a long way out from Endgame that it's hard to pick up individual things, like the later films clearly will set up. That being said, I still think there's some lines here or there that definitely foreshadow some stuff, whether intentionally or not. Yeah, absolutely. Anything Avengers-wise you can think of that people should be familiar with, Josh?
1: No, I'd have to go and rewatch it and uh which I might actually hear soon. Um, But I mean, it's the details of the Tesseract might be important um, and the ability to control other people's minds and stuff like that. That might be important. But um, yeah, Yeah. I mean, go rewatch it and kind of, even though they've kind of thrown the theory out of the way that, you know, that uh, Banner actually does have control of Hulk. But I don't know, man.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, so we'll wrap it up with what is our favorite and least favorite films of this phase. I think I've said some of mine, but Josh, before we circle back to my thoughts, what are your favorite and least favorite films of Phase One?
1: This particular phase, my favorite is Thor, and uh, my Over least Avengers, favorite is really yes, and my least favorite is definitely Iron Man Two.
0: Yeah, Iron Man Two. It's it's a good thing if Iron Man 2 is your weakest film because even that – it's not bad. It's just not nearly as good as everything else. I say Avengers is my favorite of Phase 1, and it used to be Iron Man for number two, but I really think Captain America is, like, slowly creeping up there. That's I think that's definitely the most underrated or underappreciated, and like you said, my least favorite is Iron Man 2. I don't think yeah. there's really a whole lot of people that will disagree with that. Yeah.
1: I will say this is not, – it's not my least favorite Marvel movie, but of, of phase one, it's it def, it's definitely the weakest.
0: Yeah. It's a toss-up for me between um, Iron Man 2 and a film that's in phase two. But we'll get to that next week. Yeah. Yeah, is Josh, it, it, any yeah. closing thoughts for – on phase one? Um,
1: Not really. It's I, – I think uh, – I've said this before, but I think I'm going to be more interested what's going to happen with what's going to happen after end game than I am actual end game.
0: Yeah. I'm still super hyped for end game, but I am very curious to see what happens post end game post game. Because if you've built to built to this event for almost a decade and
1: uh, yeah, almost a decade. And you, so where do we go from
0: here then, man? Like, Secret Wars, X Men. I don't know. There's a I mean, lot of Gladys. possibilities out there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll see, man.
1: Like I uh, is, it's gonna be fun. I, uh, that's that's all I gotta say. Is uh, it, it should be a good time. If not, yeah, I will say. And I just saw this. Somebody sent this to me. Um, it's gonna be the, a tough weekend for every other movie. I, 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 that's not endgame. Game. Oh yeah. Um, because like Hellboy, the rotten the Rotten Tomatoes thing just got came out.
0: It comes out this weekend. Uh, I, somebody just sent sent it to me and said No Hellboy, no the, Hellboy comes out this weekend. I mean the Rotten Tomatoes did no, come no, out today, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like it's it came out and said nine percent. So um I might cry, but I'm still gonna go see, see it.
0: Yeah. Well, we will be back next week with Marvel... With the MCU Phase 2, which I think is where Marvel really steps it into another gear and tries some new and interesting things. But we'll cover that next week. In the meantime, um, be sure to subscribe to us in whatever audio platform you're listening to us on. Whether that be iTunes, Google Podcasts, YouTube. And as always, feel free to check us out on the main YouTube channel at Uncharted Media. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.